Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. All right, we are remote this time. (laughs) Welcome to the remote edition of Grace and Peace Radio. The remote edition. Yep. We are recording live on (laughs) delay, which means not live. (laughs) We're always on delay. (laughs) Yeah, that is is definitely true. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, hey, everybody, welcome. We are actually recording this podcast in our room at a bed and breakfast. We are at the Simmons Bond Bread and bed, bread and breakfast. There was bread. There. <laughs> there was bread. Bed and breakfast in Tacoa, Georgia. We are away for the weekend, having a nice time. Going to surprise a friend with a birthday party later. Mm-hmm. So we got away for the weekend. Anyway, we decided it was going to be nice to just get a chance to get away and mm-hmm. then not try to drive home at night. <laughs> right. Exactly. We kind of combined it and made it a weekend getaway. But we wanted to make sure we got an episode yep. recorded. So here we are. And hope you are doing great. And thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I've got a lot to cover, or we have a lot to cover on this episode. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right in. Got some cool, really cool announcements to share. Uh, How you doing, Amy? Doing well. Doing well. I uh, finished my Bible study for Tuesday, so I'm happy about that. And it's just been a nice, relaxing day so far. So very happy. Good deal. Good deal. Right off the bat, let me, because I want to make sure I don't forget this. First of all, again, big thanks uh, to Nathan Whitaker for his kind interview on the 1618 podcast a few weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. He did a great job. It was. was It was very nice. I enjoyed, enjoyed listening to it. And then last week, I had the privilege of being on with uh, Nathan Caldwell and Keith Helsley on their podcast, Quest for Truth, which, of course, we laughed about that because that's one of the titles of one of the chapters Mm -hmm. in my book. Really fun guys. Really enjoyed that. If you haven't listened to that, check those guys out. In fact, before we even jump into anything, just to give you a little taste of Quest for Truth and those guys, let me go ahead and play a promo that they sent over to me. And so I wanted to, to, to play this for you. So check this out. This is Quest for Truth. And we'll come right back. We live in a world whose primary concern is feeling good. Even some Christians think all you need to do is name and claim your rescue from strife. Yes, Jesus healed lepers. And yes, he rose Lazarus from the dead, but don't forget that Jesus let Lazarus die before acting so God's glory would be shown. God will take care of his people, just not always in the ways we expect or desire in the present. Countering the culture in our quest for truth, this is Nathan Caldwell for Countershock. Check out all we have to offer at the Life Truth Network, life-truth.com. So there's Quest for Truth. Now you have an idea of it. 
Also, I want to say thanks because today is also the day that Daniel Minnick from the Truth Espresso podcast right. is releasing the interview that he did with me mm-hmm. about the book. So check that out at Truth Espresso. Look up that podcast and check that out and you'll see that. We had a really fun time together and uh, pretty much the whole time I, I coveted Daniel's radio voice. So That is true. Yeah. That is true. I and, could see that. Yep. But but yeah, we had a, a fun time talking about that. And what's neat too is he and his brother wrote a book. So I'm going to be interviewing them sometime after the new year. We'll oh, very out. nice. Yep. I didn't That'll realize that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Neat, neat book about encountering Jehovah's Witnesses and oh, very witnessing good. the Jehovah's Witnesses. And, All right. And it's an interesting, I've already read the book. It, I like the way they break it down. It's kind of like, um, it's almost like sports announcers, the way they're talking about the game. They break down his brother's encounter, his brother's conversation with these Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. so it's not just straight up paragraphs and prose and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's a dialogue that you're reading about them and this his brother's experience. So story-like. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is sort of a, a play-by, like a recap of a, okay. a play-by-play of, of the experience. So it's a makes for an interesting read. Mm-hmm. That's m- most of the announcements. Before I forget, because I don't even have any show notes in front of me. So this is all off the top of my aging <laughs> head. I was going to make a comment, but it's like, I'll just let him do it. <laughs> The big news is we are already honored to be part of the Christian podcast community. Absolutely. And that's been wonderful, and we're very grateful for that. Well, we just received word that now we are going to be part of the Society of Reformed Podcasts. Yeah, very so exciting. we are super thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. A great, great bunch of guys over there, some really great podcasts. If you've never heard of the Society of Reformed Podcasts, check that out. Like I said, I'll I'll be posting a, a link to that as well. So that's that's exciting. That was it a, is. It's very cool. Nice nice opportunity mm-hmm. to to do that. I thought today we would skip the what verse and why. Mm-hmm. We'll do that again next yep, week. Yep. I I don't want to I don't want to wear that out. So mm-hmm. we'll bring that back in in a couple episodes or next week or right. a couple episodes. You know. But we'll we'll come back to that. And I thought today. We would just have a conversation about humility mm-hmm. in different ways, different ideas, different shades of humility have been on my mind lately. And so I thought, well, let's just have a conversation about it. It's not a straight up Bible study per se. No. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the first areas to discuss about the virtue of humility is, of course, supremely, perfectly, we see it modeled in Jesus. Correct. It never ceases to amaze me as I read the four Gospels and how Jesus deals with people. And he and he doesn't do it in a way that's by any means... I can't think of another word. He's not a doormat. You know, he's humble. He, as he says, you know, I'm meek and lowly. 
but he's not a doormat. And, you know, that's very evident right. in the Gospels right. as well. So it's just that balance right. that's interesting to read and reread. And of course, this time of year, as we're recording this, it's December and there's Christmas. And so, of course, we think of the incarnation as really one of the supreme aspects of his humility that he left the glories of heaven and took on flesh and bones and became a man. Yeah. And I, I, well, I should speak for myself. I shouldn't speak for others, but it is difficult to wrap my mind around that. Jesus was already in his glory in heaven with the father and then came to us as a baby. It's impossible for anyone to wrap their mind around that. True. Because you have the eternal stepping into time. Mm-hmm. You have the infinite becoming finite. So our temporal <laughs> finite <brains>. minds <laughs> can't even fathom this. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea what the glories of heaven are like. And so, and so anyway, yeah, it's impossible for all of us. Yeah. But it's still amazing to to marvel at, you know, to ponder mm-hmm. what all that, that meant. I mean, these are the things that, that angels desire to look into, Peter says. When I think of humility, I draw that line. I go straight there to, to Jesus, to his incarnation, first of all. Mm-hmm. He didn't just become a man and then become... A king, you know, a, a ruler in this world, rich in this world. And it wasn't like he had any earthly glory. The humiliation, the humility didn't even stop at his becoming a man. He became the lowest of men. Mm-hmm. Born in a manger, born into poverty, owned nothing in this world. Walked everywhere. Didn't even come at a time where he could have had modern conveniences like we have. True. Everything about his life was humility. Well, and just think about the fact that he came as an infant. He was born as we were born. We are born. And it was 33 years, well, Mm -hmm. 30 years Mm -hmm. before his ministry began. So there were all those things that we go through in growing up, you know, and he learned to trade. He had to do all the things that was expected of a boy into a young man to do. Mm -hmm. And he's king. Right. Right. Yet he did it. Yeah. I mean, he he made the wood that he worked on. Right. He created, (laughs) yeah, he created the tree that was made into the wood that made the table. Yeah. That he made into a table. Yeah. So again, there's just so many, so many facets, so many aspects that we, more than we can humanly comprehend about Jesus's humility. His his weakness, I know you said before it was meekness, not weakness, but and I mean it in a different way, you know, just his his weakness, his his willingness to bear our infirmities, take up right. our infirmities. Just his lowliness, you know, his lowliness in being rejected by his own creation, by those he made in his image. And who he he blessed and gave worth to because they are made in his image. 
and yet they rejected him. And then, of course, his his humiliation, you know, even amongst the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And not taking the opportunity to verbally fight back. Right. And when he was accused, I mean, yeah, he interacted with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, you know, the scribes. But even at the end, when he was being accused by the priests, that he didn't fight back. Exactly. And then, again, you see where, of course, at at his trial, he didn't answer. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at his arrest, he 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 willingly went. Right. And at his trial, his mock trials, really. And then, of course, through the agony of the cross. Again, just all his humiliation and his humility, the crown of thorns, all of it. You know, the betrayal, the, just all of it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we can't even begin a conversation about humility without immediately going to the greatest example of it. Right. Even now, as I, as I think about that, you know, it, all, it, it almost makes me want to just pause the recording and just meditate on that. Mm-hmm. Because also, there's so many... There's so many aspects of his humility that we haven't even discussed, you know, washing the feet and so on. And so in any discussion of humility, we have to either start with Jesus or we end at Jesus, you know, either. Or either both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either he's the end point of it or he's the the alpha and omega of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of humility that I wanted to get your thoughts on and just talk about too is now as we we shift the conversation, we start thinking about humility in in us. The point where humility begins in a person's life is at repentance, the whole idea that we have to humble ourselves before our creator and acknowledge our sinfulness, mm-hmm. acknowledge that everything he says is all of the charges against us are true. Are accurate, are true. We can't fix it. We can't do it ourselves. Right. How many times do you see and I don't want to name names or situations, and I'm not really even talking about any particular ones, but it's so common in the media, in entertainment news, when there's any time there's, or political news, anytime there's a celebrity or a politician or, or somebody who's well-known who gets into some kind of criminal problem, the first thing they do is put up a defense. Mm-hmm. Even though, even if they were blatantly caught doing whatever it is that they right. were doing, caught red-handed, so right? To speak. The defenses go up. The defense lawyers come out. The, mm-hmm. the spin team comes out, and there's no humility about it. None. And, and again, whether it's excuses. a politician 
or an entertainer. I'm not thinking of anything in particular. No. Plenty of examples, but yeah. um, too many. Yeah, but with with us, humility begins where, and again, only God can do this in our lives. But He grants us that that repentance, that sorrow, and acknowledgement of our sinfulness, an acknowledgement that God is right, we're not, we're guilty. And, and we come to God without any defense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No excuses. Right. I mean, it's even in your day-to-day you, meaning the collective you, uh, day-to-day prayer life of repenting and asking for forgiveness, of saying, well, I did this, but, you know, always putting a but on there, mm-hmm. you know, sure. of trying to not do that, mm-hmm. of just acknowledging that, Look, I messed up. It was me. It's on me. I think of the the two common lines that we often hear from people. As you were saying that, I was thinking, what do we usually hear from people? And we've said this ourselves at times. But I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not as bad as other people. Mm -hmm. Right? Number one. Number two, but I'm only human. Oh, yeah. Yep hear that all the time so really repentance repentance is the beginning of humility for any person i mean yes uh, there are some people who who can be a a naturally humble person sure you know but true true humility begins at repentance Mm -hmm. you know sanctified humility and then from there, God just through sanctification, through through making us more and more conform to the image of Christ, part of that image that we are conforming to, part of that molding and shaping and changing and chipping off and fitting us into that mold is also learning of to take up his humility. Sure. And it and it goes along with Take up your cross every day mm-hmm. and follow him. Yeah. And you cannot take up that cross in anything other than humble circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think of the idea of of living your life with the, the basin and the towel mm-hmm. and serving, looking for ways to serve. In fact, there's a quote I, I want to get to in a little bit about that and how Paul says, consider others better than yourselves. Right. So it's not just a, an outward humility, you know, a, a downcast face or a meek looking spirit or something like that. It's a genuine position and attitude of the heart mm-hmm. that, that we are, we are now, joyfully low right because it we shouldn't have a downcast face in in being humble we're not you know god true biblical humility like you said earlier even in the model of jesus it doesn't mean you're a doormat right but it, it it does mean that you are like jesus low in in spirit and you see that pride in yourself you you see those moments where you could just feel that you you cherish you relish the that moment of glory 
even mm-hmm. if sometimes it's just the way somebody says your name mm-hmm. or some achievement or something at work or whatever it is, you, but you know that in that moment, there's pride. Right. And And the same thing could be said when you are, let's see how to say it, that you're assisting someone and say it with myself that I have the knowledge to guide someone and even know if that someone should know what that path is essentially not lording it over them mm-hmm. not having the tone or attitude of what why why don't you know this mm-hmm. and continually needing to rein in that that attitude mm-hmm. and that's again Right, the Christian life is so full of irony, so full of paradox. And that's this is one of those examples that whereas the world loves someone who is self-assured, the self-made man, so to speak, confident. It's funny, you know, the world loves confident but not boastful. The world loves not humble but not arrogant. And it's a Fine line to be walking on that one. Right. But the world values all of that. Right. And yet, of course, you know, Christianity following Christ is just the opposite. It's, It's the lowliness. It's the humility. But in that humility also comes joy. You know, some of the most joyful people I've met have been the most humble. Mm -hmm. So it's just amazing. You would think that by losing your, your self-confidence, your status or whatever, that you would be missing something, but instead God replaces it with more. Exactly. Yeah. And again, as we were talking about, even before I hit record, there's that whole thing where Jesus commends the, the children and 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 tells us to be like little children. And that tend at least it has for me tended to be a mystery of you know come to him as a child. You know, there's those two examples where they're bringing the children for him to bless and he mentions about the children coming to him and people, you know, his followers being as a little child. And then later on when he's with the disciples and he brings the little child in front of them and said, this is who you need to be like. I have to admit, I don't always understand that. So I presume it has to do with the humility as we're talking about, because they don't know any better. And they don't know any better. So it's almost coming as we watch little kids just go at something with this enthusiasm Mm -hmm. and joy Without knowledge, so to speak. Well, does that makes sense. That it does, but it, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it's it's without knowledge. I think it is with knowledge because they don't. For instance, they don't run to a stranger and do that. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. Mm-hmm. So there there is some some knowledge there, but but at the same time, it is just that childlike faith of I know my God. Mm-hmm now and so i i rest in my god i can i can embrace my god as a child embraces their parent 
just that humble, simple trust of this other person. And they just. Okay. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's, so that's can, helpful. So we come to God in that same humble state now where we know our father. Before we were aliens, we were enemies, but now through Christ we're reconciled. And now we're not just reconciled to be servants of him. I mean, though we are, we are sons and daughters. And so our whole relationship changes and is restored so that now we we know him as as our father and you know so there's that that humble trust like a child yeah i like that i that that really is helpful it it brings it around to just resting in god as father and that trust and you know it's funny sometimes even in i find for myself even in my life i'm 50 years old i'm an adult i been a Christian for 16 years. You know, all the, in so many ways, I'm an I'm an adult. Period. I think like an adult and and live like an adult and evaluate the world as an adult and think like an adult and and yet I have to remind myself sometimes that yeah, you're not nearly the adult you think. You're really quite <laughs> the child before God. And in sometimes, in some ways, it's it's a relief. It's like, oh Lord, you know what? You don't expect me to have it all figured out. Well, that's true. That's a good observation. Just, sometimes when I get myself all wound up, right? It's I just kind of remind myself. Well, you know, to me, you idiot, you are <laughs> just a child. No, that's uh, that's actually a relief. It is a relief. It, it absolutely I is. I had relief. not thought of it that way. That's a huge relief. You know, the the Lord's. I mean, yes, the Lord expects us to use our brain, sure, read our Bibles, follow the principles that He gives us in in His Word, and, and develop, him, and and yeah, all those things that we're required and He expects us to do. Gave us a brain, use it, all those things. But at the same time, He knows that we are dust, and He knows that you know, and, and we're we're. We're children. I mean, we're just, we're finite, you know, kind of going back to what we said at the beginning. And so he understands our weaknesses, right? We have a great high priest. He understands our weaknesses. Right. What a relief. What a joy. What a comfort. Mm-hmm. That's great. That really is a perspective I had not taken. I like that. I mentioned last week, one of the books I wanted to read in the new year is this book from 1908 called The Wonderful Story of Uganda. And it was the beginning of, well, really, it's sort of chapter two of the missions in Uganda. There were two German men who really were big on researching, documenting equatorial Africa. I mean, they were the ones who discovered Kilimanjaro and and other places that right. people were like, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't snow at the equator. <laughs> yes, it does. Anyway, so, but this follows on after them uh, from about 18, 1860 onward. And so anyway. So you've just started the book. I just started it, yeah. One of the key men is a Scotch man, uh, an engineer by the name of Alexander Mackey. Mackey ends up becoming 
pretty much almost I, I I don't know the the Adoniram Judson of Uganda, the Hudson mm-hmm. Taylor of Uganda, whatever you want to call it. He's he becomes the man, the keystone. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's about eighteen sixty something, and these eight men were were assembled to go to Uganda. And there's even a story in that, but I'll just leave it at that. But here's a story of humility. One of the men, well, it says the spirit of these men was shown by the utterances of the first two named previously. There was a list of names here. Listen to this quote. This is from Shergold Smith in the, in the course of uh, correspondence about his offer to go to Uganda. Send me out in any capacity. I am willing to take the lowest place. You don't hear that very often. That is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are part of the Southern Baptist Convention. There is nobody, <laughs> nobody no. in the top ranks of the SBC saying that right now. No, not at all. Not a one. Mm-hmm. I dare say there are a few men anywhere who are saying that. Agreed. Send me out in any capacity. I am willing to take the lowest place. How many people, how about even in our in our own local churches? Mm-hmm. How many Christians would say, put me in any ministry? Right? Nowadays we have ministry signups. Well, where would you like to serve? What what do you want what do you want to serve in? And so people get to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. If you try to put somebody on a on a role that they don't want to do, they're not just not going to show up or they're just going to be like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Right. What about if in our local churches, we all started saying, hey, send me out in any capacity. I'm willing to take the lowest place. That's true. I know I've been guilty of that. Not wanting the highest place necessarily, but of picking and choosing. You know, at some point in every Christian's life, they should be doing nursery duty. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I remember there was some lady years ago who said that in uh, somewhere, and it was there was a quote of her saying, you know, everybody should change dirty diapers at some point because it is humbling, and uh, and it's Christ-like to 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 serve in that, that way. That's true. Anyway, uh, I just really loved his his statement there, and then all the men say something, and then then Alexander Mackey, who was the youngest, says something. He says, quote, I want to remind the committee that within six months, they will probably hear that one of us is dead. Yes. Is it at all likely that eight Englishmen should start for Central Africa and all be alive six months after? One of us, at least, it may be I, will surely fall before that. And then I love what he says here. I love the spirit of this. When that news comes, do not be cast down, but send someone else immediately to take the vacant place. Mm-hmm. I love that. That That's the kind of gospel attitude that we need to get back. The mission to attitude we need to get back where we, I mean, imagine if you had a team of people, even on short-term missions mm-hmm. or in your church who said, put us anywhere, we'll do it. And even if it kills us, send somebody else. That's 
that's amazing. Oh, and by the way, one of the men within those first six months died. Stands to reason, given the... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he was pretty sickly to go over anyway. He, he was actually rejected from this other guy uh, who died. He was rejected, but he ended up by, by the doctors, but he ended up paying his own way. And it was all, all the risk was on him. And so mm-hmm. he, he went again, just thinking about humility, really there's, there's, there's joy in it. There's challenge in it. There's brokenness in it. There's work in it, mm-hmm. serving, condescension, condescending to that low position But all of that is what our Lord did. So if he did it, who are we to grumble and grouse and complain and say, we don't want, we don't want to take the low place. That is true. Man, let's find our, our low positions of serving to his glory and and do it. Time is short. Let's do it. Find something in your local church and do it. Don't, don't say Hey, I'd like to be part of this. Say, where do you need somebody? That's true. Yep. You realize that means we're going to end up being on nursery duty here soon. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. But you know what? We've also done nursery we duty. We have. We have. We've done you nursery know? duty. We've done the little kids. Yeah. So, you know, so. It, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're called to do that thing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, in fact, the fellow who said put me in the lowest place, mm-hmm. he was part of the Royal Navy. He had served in West Africa. So he had the most experience as it was, he ended up being the captain of the group. So he was willing to be the lowest, but logistically and everything else, it made sense to put him at the highest. Right. Doesn't mean it's always going to work that way, but just goes to show. Mm-hmm. I must decrease. He must increase. Right. Perfect note to end on. Great job, Amy. <laughs> Thank you. Well, hey, that is our show for this week. Thank you once again. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate Um, you sticking with us every week and listening. And I just want to say, too, uh, a quick note of thanks. Thank you to everyone who has bought Jesus Changed Everything and who, you know, the nice compliments I've gotten, nice, nice things people have said. If you've, uh, if you've, if you bought it, thank you. If you've uh, read it and you liked it, or even if you didn't like it, do me a favor, please post a review or rate it on Amazon or Goodreads. Those mean a lot. They really are um, important. But thank you very, very much. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Take care, all. God please bless all you. have a good week. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.